1: Money Monday on the answer means a conversation with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. Always look forward to having Josh on the show, and I look forward to seeing him on Fridays for the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio show. It airs Friday night at 7 and replays Saturday at noon. Your opportunity to get a little bit deeper into things that affect your financial independence, building toward it in retirement. That's what they specialize in at Aptus. They're located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. And you can get a free, no obligation consultation by calling Aptus and setting up your appointment. Their phone number is 614-917-1040. Their web address, where you can also make your appointment, is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And Josh, you and I always talk about current events, their impact on the economy, its impact on investing. And it seems like the next big fight on Capitol Hill, as the debt ceiling deadline gets closer, is over whether or not Congress will agree to raise the debt ceiling. And we have some Democrats now saying that President Biden ought to negotiate. He has, up to this point, steadfastly refused to do so. What is a debt ceiling, and uh, let's just start there. What is it, and why is it important?
0: The the debt ceiling has been in place since uh, right around 1917 in the United States. The reason it was originally established is prior to that, any time the government wanted to spend basically any amount of money, it had to go vote on it in Congress. So any time you wanted to do anything, which I guess was probably much more feasible back in 1917 than it is today, Uh, you would have to vote. And you can imagine that if every time you need to do anything, you need to vote in Congress, it it definitely slowed things down. So they created this kind of debt ceiling. You're allowed to do all of these things up until a point before we have to all get together and vote. Now, the debt ceiling has been raised more than 100 times since it was originally established. And you know I think why investors are paying attention to it is it wasn't that long ago. I believe it was 2018-ish, uh, when we were tussling in Washington over whether or not we should raise it or we shouldn't. And, you know, national parks shut down. It yeah. was hard to do business with anything government-related. Uh, contractors, you know, were not getting paid. The list was going on. So it's it's a trepidatious time uh, when that happens. And then, obviously, does that flow into the overall economy and the stock market and the investment
1: world, right? Yeah, yeah, as I recall that it was about 33 days I think and uh they shut down as you said the parks they furloughed 800,000 employees. But to me it's it's always like magnified in the moment, but they all get their back pay, it's not like they don't get paid. And we know they're going to open it things back up. And I on this one, I know that, you know, we're, they're going to raise the debt ceiling because one one of the things I've heard is if oh if they don't raise the debt ceiling we'll default on our debt, and that'll imperil the dollar as the world's reserve currency. Like, how much of that is true? How much of that is alarmist? And maybe it's both.
0: Yeah, I think it's both. If you rewind the clock back again to 2011, which was our most recent experience with this tussling match in Washington, where it took, you know, like you said, over a month, um, Standard & Poor's, which is one of the predominant rating agencies for all bonds or debtor nations, et cetera. Uh, actually downgraded the U.S. Uh, So when you looked at U.S. treasuries that, you know, we were issuing, our debt was no longer the creme de la creme debt. So does that have an impact on the U.S.'s ability to borrow? And also, you know, does that raise the risk of default, which is what you just said? And the answer is yes. Now, clearly, there's a bunch of different, just like grades in school, you can go from A plus all the way down to an F. And we were lowered one tick still remaining in the A category. So it wasn't like, you know, we became, we went from an A student to a D student overnight, but at the same time, you know, that that kind of sounds some alarm bells is, is this uh, as solid an economy and country as we believe, or is it more of a house of cards kind of on tilt? And, you know, does that, do I believe that uh, if we were downgraded to an A minus or even a B plus, that that would mean the, you know, gloom and doom for our economy and everybody go out and get their velvet satchels and start mm. putting their silver in their belt. Uh, I, I don't think so. However, um, it certainly has a, a tumultuous impact on the market and will absolutely increase volatility and will increase your risk of you know, default on some of your investments. So I think it points towards the value of not just diversification, but diversification amongst asset classes, not just amongst the same asset class.
1: Josh Pick, our guest, he is with Aptus Wealth Management. They're located in Lewis Center, and they offer you a free consultation. Find out more about the plan you have, if you have one, and you better have one, building toward financial independence in retirement. Set up your appointment, 614-917-1040, or set it up via the web, AptisWealth, A-P-T-U-S, com. So how, what's the impact on investors? What, what are the markets going to do? What do you, you know, how does it uh, affect your clients and people who uh, are concerned about what this might do to whatever they've saved for retirement at this point?
0: Well, obviously, I don't have a crystal ball, but at the same time, you know, history has a funny way of maybe not exactly repeating itself, but it definitely looks related. And if you look at historical you know, reference here as to what has done well in the past, um shortening up durations on your bonds has less risk because there's less risk of long-term default. Same way that there's less interest rate risk uh, when you have much shorter duration bonds. Now, the other thing would be real assets. You know, what are things that you cannot live without in a tumultuous time? Well, think about, you know, agriculture, right? Think about uh, crops, uh, energy, gold. All of these asset classes typically did very, very well. Now, does that mean that you should abandon stocks? Unfortunately, I've had several clients call me and say, you know what, I I want to allocate 50% of my portfolio of gold, which I think is a is kind of a knee-jerk overreaction. Um, I don't think you should do that. But what I do think you should pay attention to is if you are getting close to retirement, or you're getting close to when you need the money, now would be a time to maybe pull back the reins a little bit and also uh, start to think about hedging strategies. And by hedging, I mean uh, would there be a way that I could limit my downside exposure while sure I'm limiting to some degree my upside exposure? I don't want to eliminate my upside exposure by going to cash. So, you know, think of it this way I have all this money in the market. I could pull all that money out and go in cash, and then obviously I'm not going to lose any money if the market goes down. But we also know throughout history that it's very difficult to predict whether the market's going to go up or go down. And over time, the market eventually does very well for us. So, is there a way? to get us through this uh, you know heart palpitating time by saying if the market doesn't fall, in fact pull back maybe i'm only exposed to you know 20% or 30% of that and the answer is absolutely yes you can hedge your positions and for those of you who are thinking oh man this is this is too scary for me i'm getting way too close to retirement now probably the time to take a take a real close hard look at what you're doing
1: Josh Pick is our guest. He's with Aptus Wealth Management, and we hope that you will join us for the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show Friday night at 7, and we replay it Saturday at noon. They are located a bit north of 270 and 23 in Lewis Center, just off Route 750. Their number is 614-917-1040 to set up your consultation, which you can also do online at aptiswealth.com. Uh, this is, uh, to me, part of the reason why, periodically people need to take a look at uh, where their money is, where it's distributed, market volatility out there. You don't want to do it every week, but how often in an economy like this or with headlines like this that we'll see played up in the news over the next however long it takes to figure this out. uh, What's your recommendation, Josh, on people taking that kind of uh, temperature of where their investments are and uh, what maybe do you use as a predictor of what the difference in time is or the intervals of time when someone should examine uh, how they have their money distributed toward retirement?
0: Yeah, I think it's very important to stay involved in your financial planning process, but I don't think it's as important for the, you know, the end retiree, if you will, unless they have a really strong acumen, really strong background in investing to start making knee-jerk reactions. Now, that said, uh, we're constantly modifying things, hedging positions, et cetera, just like a, any money manager would do when they're buying and selling stocks. But I think it's important for us and our clients to get together at least once every six months. You know, As times get a little bit more rocky for some, that means we need to meet a little more. But I think it's important to have those meetings so that you understand why whoever you're working with is making the adjustments that they're making and that you're completely bought into that strategy so that when times get difficult, you don't have those emotional reactions. You understand exactly what should be anticipated in times like this. Maybe not, you know, you didn't know whether it was going to go down 10% or 20%, but at the same time, you recognize that you were hedging your positions or taking some steps to make sure you limited that loss and that you understand that discipline and consistency and keeping your motions in check are going to be your only safeguard to long-term security.
1: Josh Pick with Aptus Wealth Management, and I hope you guys will prioritize listening to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio show Friday night at 7. We'll replay it Saturday at noon. Josh, of course, joins us every week for Money Monday. Get a hold of Aptus 614 917 1040 or aptuswealth.com. Josh, thanks for your time today. Thank you, sir. All right, as we wrap the show today, uh, the news is not all bad. Uh, Tucker Carlson and Fox News have parted ways, but CNN has fired Don Lemon. Yeah. Uh, And Don Lemon is the one who says it. Don Lemon says he's been fired from his post at CNN. I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. I am stunned, he wrote. Well, gee, Don, uh, maybe, I don't know, should you have taken... uh, Maybe a warning that when they moved you out of primetime... First of all, maybe take the warning when the first block of your show on primetime, they had to prop you up with Chris Cuomo staying on after his show ended to keep you, in their eyes, hopefully interesting enough that people would not turn off their televisions. That might have been a sign. Then when they took you out of primetime and put you on mornings, removing you from a solo gig to a three-headed monster in the morning, that might have been another sign. Then when they quietly suspended you for saying Nikki Haley was past her prime, that might have been a sign. Not to mention that you got away with uh, sexually harassing a gay man in a bar, and the fact that you have to continually remind us that you yourself are a black gay man might have come as a hint. But ratings rule, sometimes it takes a while when you have the intersectionality boxes checked that Don Lemon does, but he's out at CNN. So uh, his employment prospects for the future look considerably uh, dimmer than Tucker Carlson's at Fox. Yes, Tucker's out at Fox. They parted ways. Now, I've said last week that I wanted to endeavor to end every show on an uplifting note. I hope this will be one. But first, I have to play a clip from a guy I really, really like. I listen to his podcast every week, Andrew Claven. I think he's super clever, super smart, very, far smarter than me, far more insightful than me. But he was answering a question in the mailbag in uh, mail to him, and he answered it this way, and I want to play it for you because it is uh, something that I think we all need to be on guard against.
2: And from Jackson Claven, I Clavin, I love your commentary about Christianity, especially how Christ was serious when he commanded us not to judge. However, I'm concerned. We get this question a lot, so I guess I have to answer it from time to time. Uh, I'm concerned how you applied this on your last show regarding homosexuality. I agree that we are not to judge their actions. it's that's up to God? However, that is exactly the issue. i fail to see how it is loving to leave them alone. As you suggest, I believe that we should warn them that if they continue in their unrepentant pride and sexual deviance, they will be judged by a holy God and will not inherit the kingdom of heaven What did you mean when you said that maybe they have their own way to God? Are you suggesting some form of tacit universalism? Uh, Universalism means that nobody goes to hell, everybody is saved. I hope this isn't taken as a personal attack, as that is not how I intend it. Your observations are crucial to keeping the right consistent and in check. Keep up the good work. So, uh, am I a universalist? Uh, I believe that we know so little about the judgment of God and the mercy of God uh, that it's possible that nobody goes to hell. I believe that is a possibility. Um, But that's not what I believe happens, you know. I but but I truly believe our uh, our ignorance is very very deep. Okay, now talking to your friends about things, you know, there are times that I have talked spoken to friends who I thought were doing something bad to themselves or to their children. Um, in, in this case, you know, I I, I just I, I really do feel that if a gay person is in front of me on the line to uh, the whole the. Curly Gates, and he says, well, you know, I helped the poor, and I loved my neighbor, uh, and uh, I I loved God, uh, but I was gay, and I did have a partner, uh, and I come up and say, yeah, I I never loved anybody, I never helped anybody. Uh, You know, it's going to look a lot worse for me than it looks for him. That's what I believe.
1: Okay, the fallacy there, and this is why it's insidious, is because he's grading a person's eternal security by deeds. Deeds do not determine your eternal security. The only deed that determines your eternal security is did you accept what Jesus did for you at the cross. That's the only deed. Okay, It's not your deed, it's his. Uh, and, and as for his notion that it's not possible, he says it's possible that, maybe it's possible no one goes to hell. No, the Bible's very clear that there is a hell. God does not lie. So if he says repeatedly in the Bible that there is a hell, you can count on it, there is one. Now, on an uplifting note, Franklin Graham spoke at the memorial service for Dr. Charles Stanley, First Baptist Church in Atlanta. Dr. Stanley's ministry changed my life, changed many lives, multiple lives, maybe millions of lives, and will continue to do so as his ministry, In Touch Ministries, flourishes on radio and on TV despite Dr. Stanley going to heaven. Here is Franklin Graham.
3: What an incredible evening we've had here in the testimonies. I've been touched. We're here today to Express and to show our honor and respect and love for a friend, a dedicated pastor, incredible Bible teacher, a humble servant, and a giant in God's service. I remember when he asked me to come speak here. How intimidated I was! What in the world can I say? Uh, the people will throw rocks at me. But he was always so gracious. And encouraging. The last time I shook his hand was at my father's funeral in Charlotte, North Carolina. My father admired him, loved him, looked up to him, counted him as a as a friend. Luke tells us in chapter eleven that Jesus was in a large crowd, and a woman raised up her voice, and she blessed. She said to him, "Blessed is the wound that bore you." And Jesus said, "More than that." I like that. More than that, he didn't dispute. He didn't argue with the woman. He agreed with the woman. But more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Dr. Stanley did just that. He was a champion of God's word. He studied the word. He believed the word. He kept the word. He preached the word. He defended the word. And he fought for it. What a great man. He could shed light on the most difficult of passages in the scripture. He seemed to have a working knowledge of every chapter in the Bible. He didn't have to try to be relevant to culture. When you preach God's word, it's always relevant to every generation, to every culture.
1: I wanted to play that for you because of what he said there in the final words. Uh, When you preach God's word, it's always relevant to every culture, to every situation. And it is. God's truth, first of all, truth is established by God. And, uh, boy, I hope I can find this. Uh, A friend of mine, a very dear woman at uh, church on Sunday, shared with me uh, something she wrote down. uh, And I don't know when, but it was uh, so powerful. Uh, I asked in Sunday school class, I noted how tragic it was when Pilate had Jesus in front of him, and Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? And then he walked away without letting Jesus answer. And so this dear woman, uh, Evelyn is her name, defined truth. She said, truth is agreement to and consistency with all that is represented by God himself. Truth is agreement to and consistency with all that is represented by God himself. So he is the arbiter of truth, the establisher of truth, and his word does not change because truth does not change. And for us to filter our perspective on whether we're saved or unsaved through deeds and through man's wisdom, <laughs> the Bible says, the, in- I will, the wisdom of the wise I will frustrate, I will shame the intelligence of the intelligent. The wisdom of man is foolishness to God. So it's not complicated, it's not hard, it's very simple. Read what the Bible says and let it talk to your heart about morality, about how to treat others, about how to worship God, and about what authentic faith is.